My name is Justin Gage, and you're tuned in to the Aquarium Drunkard Transmissions Podcast with your host, Jason Woodbury. Welcome to another episode of Transmission. So glad to have you here with us today on the show. I'm really excited to share my conversation with Jeffrey Alexander of Dire Wolves and the Heavy Litters. He's got a great new record out now with the Litters on Arrowhawk Records, as well as a forthcoming split with Wrighton uh, on his own label, Pom Pom Tones, which is going to be released on November 19th. Uh, Jeffrey is kind of a perfect guest for Transmissions because in addition to all of his work with Dire Wolves, which is an entirely improvisational outlet, and then The Heavy Litters, which is a home for his more focused songwriting stuff, he's just he's just all over the map. He's been playing weirdo underground music for, for decades. He's got a great radio show, Pom Pom Tones, and uh, he's just generally uh, sort of a specialist in heady culture. And we get into that. We talk about the dead. We talk about science fiction. We talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Lots going on um, in this episode, and I'm really excited to share it. Uh, Before we head into it, though, if you are a regular listener, you've probably heard me mention that we are wrapping up this season in just a couple weeks. We've got uh, a few more episodes for you before we head out, though. Uh, We'll be returning in early 22, uh, but before then... Uh, Great conversations for you. If you are a supporter of Aquarium Drunkard on Patreon, you've already got access to one of these forthcoming talks. Uh, My conversation with Steve Berlin of Los Lobos is available right now as an advanced listen for our Patreon supporters. So I want to encourage you to head over there and pledge a couple bucks to help us keep the servers humming. If you dig what we do, if you dig our strange conversations for these continually strange times, that's a great way that you can support us. Another thing you can do, of course, is just share share the episodes. Post them wherever. Uh, email them to your friends. Anything you can do to help us get the word out. We are an independent podcast. We make this thing uh, on our own, and uh, we count on you all to spread the word. So thanks so much for doing so. If, if you dig transmissions, um, it means a lot to me for you to share it. So uh, without further ado, let's head in. Here's my conversation with Jeffrey Alexander. I really had a lot of fun talking with him. I think you're going to dig this one. And I'll speak with you just a little bit more on the other side. Uh, Jeffrey, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on Aquarium Drunkard Transmissions. It's uh, it's great to have you. We've been talking about having you on the show forever. I'm so glad we're making it happen, for real. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. 
Uh, what are you What are you up to this weekend? What have you What have you been doing to pass the time over the last couple of days? Uh, well, um, I have two kids. That um, one started kindergarten for the first time ever this week, and the other one started back at preschool this week. So I've been getting. You know, I've been in like domestic zone pretty heavily. Um, yeah, it's been good. You know, I mean, those are big transitions for them. And also, obviously, well, they're doing in-person, which is yeah. a little crazy. But, you know, we're seeing how it goes. Yeah. Well, this podcast will air in, you know, w- weeks from now. So okay. um, so, so we'll see. Uh, I, I hope everything just stay, stays good. And that, right. but, it, but if you end up having to bring them back home, you know, I mean, I'm right. sure that's something that's in the back of your mind, you know, is like, who knows what right. could happen. Right. But that's what I've been up to this week. Um, yeah, we we spent a good part of August uh, on a beach in Rhode Island. So I'm I'm also just sort of recuperating from a from an extended vacation. So, well, that that sounds <laughs> that sounds great, though. But yeah. recuperating from a vacation is a hilarious notion. You got to do it, though. It's, yeah, it's an it's an adjustment to get back to re- normal life. Right. Yeah. And just being but especially being like sun baked and waterlogged i'm just like in another zone yeah i love that well before we get into discussing your own music uh i want to thank you for introducing me to this 10 minute version of the smiths how soon is now chopped and screwed (laughs) there's a there's a lot of good chopped and screwed stuff on on the net there's a lot of really cool stuff and there's there's people doing it all over the place obviously it's it's not as popular now as it was like I don't know, maybe like 10 years ago, but, um, or, you know, or even longer, obviously, but, uh, yeah, yeah. That's such a cool thing though. I, 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 uh, that's something that you, you did, you threw a list up for, for the good folks at dusted and those listed features have, uh, I guess now that I think about it for like the past 15 years served as a, as a great, like, uh, place for me to learn about interesting stuff, you know, like they've always, done they've had such great guests and great contributors like yourself and and i've heard so many cool things as a result um but yeah that chopped and screwed how soon is now it's like 10 minutes and it's just it's it's super good super otherworldly sounding you know right it just like after a while you guess you get lost in it and i'm just like wait a minute this is the smith still i don't understand what's happening (laughs) it's really yeah yeah, do you keep up with any of the sort of cuz alongside Chopped and Screwed, I feel like one of the sort of uh uh mutations out of that is the sort of uh slow plus reverb uh you know thing where like people are maybe I think it's maybe a little bit less uh I think it's easier to accomplish now than it was when like Chopped and Screwed started, right? Where right. there actually was some technical know-how required, but still right. kind of minimal technical know-how. But yeah, it seems to me like people are 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 never not screwing with things and and stretching them out and trying, you know, new new things. Well, I mean, what what is more fun than playing records at the wrong speed? I mean, that'll that'll <laughs> that'll never die right i mean that's I've been right that for right. years so or more so um yeah yeah i mean it's fun and uh i mean usually it's like uh you know you t- you tinker with it for a while and you have a laugh but you don't really like pursue it 
But then there's sure. but there's some people that I found like online that are just really, they're just really good at it. <laughs> yeah, you know so for sure. And that was a selection that you had played on your your radio show too. Uh, uh, pom pom tones, right? Yeah, it's been a while. I think I mean, I, um, I probably hadn't played that on the radio for like five or six years. But I mean, it's just one of the things that I think about. I I, I might go back to it time and again. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's a great thing to hear and it's really interesting, but you've been doing radio for a long time, right? Kind of, I, I don't know if off and on is the right term, but you've had various radio shows. When, when did you have your first radio, radio thing? Yeah. I mean, inter, intermittent. Yeah. It's, uh, well, I, I started in, in uh, college in, um, the mid eighties and I really got involved in college radio and, um, you know, I, I, I signed up as a DJ first, but I also I put my, my name on the like sub DJ list. And because my last name starts with a, um, I got called almost daily on the list. So, uh, so I just, I DJ constantly and just doing other people's shows. I was there, you know, m- you know, most of the week, um, for the first couple of years of, of my college career and then um and then i also was they had like elections or whatever and i i I got to be a record librarian for two semesters and that was just like really real eye-opening because the 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 station had been at at the college since like the 50s and they had a huge huge uh uh collection of, of lps in like three three or four different you know, giant rooms. And, um, Mm. and I had keys to those for two semesters. And I've just, I was just like, you know, get to work, (laughs) you know, and like, it's, it was just like better than like going to the library for me. It was like, um, well it was, but, um, I just, (laughs) I, I dived in, I, I learned so much and, and for, you know, I started with like, which, you know, which covers look the coolest and then, and then go from there. And then like, you know, make uh connections and uh one of the big helps was like those like lost leaders compilations that like warner brothers did they had a bunch of those and yeah um where you could like you know find out anything you want to know about like you know classic rock and like one record (laughs) you know right right uh, and that's where i first learned about pearls before swine you know pentangle Fairport, things like that. And, um, I just, I just went, I went all in, I went deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So where was that? Where, where, where were you in school? You, cause you grew up in, in Baltimore, right? Yeah. I grew up in Baltimore. This was uh Gettysburg college in South central PA, really small nice. school. Um, you know, I wasn't even really planning to go there, but, um, but I got a, I got a full ride. So I was like, Oh, well, I'm going to there. Cause it's, so yeah yeah and what um, what what were you studying art i was studying studio arts um i was heavily into sculpture like metals i was doing a lot of uh foundry work and like bronze casting and also welding arc welding and things like that um and uh yeah it was pretty cool 
Yeah, yeah, but the, but the, but the music thing—you were already a pretty a pretty dedicated music head. It sounds like uh, I was I was already a, definitely a dedicated uh, consumer of music. I've been like collecting, you know, even since I was a little kid. Like I started with eight tracks, and I would just really got into it and forty fives and um, but that was more pop stuff, you know, like in the seventies because I was you know. 10 or whatever a kid know. yeah 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 what kind of, what kind I, was, of st- I had i had a next door neighbor who um worked at like a um he he worked at a at a store and you know he would be like i can get you stuff really cheap and blah 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 and you know he's being he's trying to be nice to the 10 year old kid next door so i would be like oh well here's a list of all the things i heard on the radio so get me those eight tracks you know? <laughs> yeah and, um so yeah, I was I was really and I was constantly going to shows and um it was pretty easy to sneak into venues, you know, even as a teenager in Baltimore, I went to like tons of shows and just really absorbing a lot of music. I didn't play music. I was just like just so into record collecting and listening and you know, like I said consuming just yeah. I loved all of it. Yeah, that's that's interesting because because the music actually playing came came a little bit later for you. Yeah, after school. Yeah, after college. Nice, nice. Well, on the topic of, of the, the the radio thing, you know, you sometimes yeah. you sometimes play your own music on the radio. Obviously, you've got Dire Wolves and this man. This new Heavy Litters record is very very cool. Um, Thank you. But you know, you'll drop your own stuff in. So I wonder if for you as a, a like a radio host, um does does that how does that cross over with your own musical thing? You know, cuz it seems to me like there are similar skills at work, right? Like putting together a good radio show, the same way putting together a good record requires sequencing, kind of paying attention to vibes and all that stuff. But do you find that like the radio thing influences the way you approach music or the other way around? Um, well, they're both primarily Im- improv. Um, yeah. like I, yeah. I, um, you know, I, you know, when I'm doing a radio show, I might have like, you know, throughout the week, I'd be like, hear a song or I'll listen to a record. I'll be like, Oh, that'd be something nice. I want to play on my radio. So I might have like a handful of things, four or five tracks that might be in the back of my head, but I don't, I don't like plan a show really. I don't. And yeah. I, I just have like everything around and, you know, as I'm playing a track, it'll make me think of another song or it'll make me think of, it might be the song. It might be a lyric. It might be just the general, you know, headspace zone of the of the song or whatever and then i'll just like pick something else out and it and you know it's just like improv music i think um well for me anyway it is because like when it's when it's when it's great it's just really really great but yeah. it's but it doesn't always work <laughs> sure, sure, <laughs> so that's yeah. the thing. It's like you know when it's on it's on but um sometimes you know not every show is great but i mean that's just like playing playing music you know that's why like i record everything with the different bands that i play with it we just record everything because you don't know you don't know when it's going to be hot yeah 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 Yeah. and i think that's so interesting and i like that i like there's 
you know, especially as somebody like you, I was I was reflecting back and it's like, I guess technically, like on this Heavy Litters record, you know, you've got great, you know, players joining you, people from Elkland and Garcia Peoples and uh, Marissa Nadler's on it, Rosalie, you know, all these these folks. And, and I was thinking about the, the indie jam designation, you know, uh, that gets thrown out now. And I was thinking that's kind of, that was almost in a weird way that was you before it was called that too. You know what I mean? This sort of intersection of this sort of like interesting, noisy guitar rock, uh, uh, sort of more cosmic kraut rock, free jazz things along with jammier things. But it's all, it's always been sort of cross pollinating. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I like cross pollinating for sure. Um, I also, um, (laughs) I guess that's my, uh, you know, I, I always miss the mark with like, you know, popular trends. I always, <laughs> you know, like, like I was doing like psych folk, like five years too soon or whatever. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, well, I guess it's not, it's not for me <laughs> to uh, sell records, but you know, it's cool. I mean, I like, I like, um, I just like um, a lot of different kinds of music. I, mm-hmm. I absolutely adore you know like rock and jazz and folk and reggae and you know various you know permutation you know whatever uh yeah yeah and but also um i love uh like blending uh things together and and like um in my own music, you know, I guess it doesn't matter what exactly it is or what project it is. You know, like I've been in bands that play like primarily rock music or primarily folk music or whatever, but always in each of those things that like experimental stuff or, or avant-garde things that I've done, like it's always going to have like elements of, of those other things and, and just sure. kind of just being generally weird. I like, I like, um, you know, things on the, on the periphery, you know, like mutations and things. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you you hear that, I mean, you hear that even on this new record, which, you know, unlike some of your stuff, it is very song based, this heavy litters record, you know, um, as, as somebody who has done so much, uh, you know, with dire wolves, like, I think I read a quote, I think you cite the quote on the Dire Wolves website, but like that stuff is not written. It's not planned out. It's 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 all improv. So this record with the litters, I mean, that's a pretty different a different approach. How is that how is that felt for you? Yeah, it's it's totally different. Um, I mean, Dire Wolves is an incredible outlet um that I miss greatly, although hopefully we're gonna we're gonna get back together soon. But um fingers crossed, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um <laughs> we we live in we're i guess we're like tri-coastal now so you wait know. so you're i'm sorry i don't mean to interrupt but you're in yeah. philadelphia now right i'm in philly yeah okay cool 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 and you've been but you've spent time all over the place so there's like san francisco eras there's yeah. there's places all over yeah yeah providence um mm-hmm. but yeah i yeah so direwolves is is definitely i mean we might have some like uh, like a general idea, like, oh, let's do something that starts out kind of frantic and then gets a little more spatial or whatever. You know, we might talk about that, but that's it. We don't, <laughs> right. We don't, uh, we don't, we don't have songs. So, um, 
And, you know, and, and there's no lyrics. There's no, you know, uh, it's just different. So the, they, um, and I was really into that for a long time. Um, I mean, I was, I was playing like song based music like 20 years ago and it's, and I, and then I slowly drifted away from that. But just in the last few years, um, I, I just found songs coming to me. Like, I don't, I don't sit down and write, write a song. Like it just, I would like, it would, it'll just, it'll just come like, it'll just pop into my head and mostly formed and, you know, and then, and so that's when I started doing a little bit of solo song stuff on, um, on a feet on a, on an LP on feeding tube that I put out like, uh, three, two or three years ago. And then, and then more songs came after that. And then, and then I put together heavy litters just to play, to play, uh, those songs out because I was invited to, to play some shows, um, like Raven sings the blues invited me to play their like 10th anniversary party. And I had these songs, but I didn't really have a band. So then that's, that's how I, the heavy litters came about. It was to, yeah. to perform that stuff. But, and then more songs came and, you know, I'm not going to like fight it. <laughs> I hadn't, just, I hadn't been, I hadn't been playing like, I mean, and this is like pretty, some of it's real folky and some of it's real in, indie rock, you know? And, and I, I mean, I, I haven't, I mean, I played indie rock for a little bit in the '90s, but it's been a long time, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. it, I guess this stuff was always sort of percolating somewhere in my brain, and and then this this record is absolutely song oriented. You know, there's no um, there's a couple songs that don't even have solos. There's a couple songs on the record that are like lyrics all the way through, start to finish, yeah. which yeah. is really different for me. But I like it so. Yeah, yeah. Do the lyrics? Do you find that those come uh, fairly formed as well? Like, do do the lyrics kind of come out with the with the the chord structures and the somewhat? Uh, mm. If not, if I mean, there might be a few lines. Definitely, the chords the chord structures come out. Um, it just come to me, and there, there'll be a few lines of lyrics, and then but but it'll mostly I think be sort of like a a story or like what the song is supposed to be about. And then, sure. and, and so then I can just like go back and like fill in the, you know. Yeah. Does that, I, you know, it's weird, right? Because playing with a band like Dire Wolves, where you guys are kind of all over the map and there's these big, you know, there's jazzy moments, there's, there's proggy moments, there's like yeah. a lot of like things happening. I wonder, does, do, does playing music like that also suggest a little bit of a, sensation of what the song is about even though there is no lyrical content to come or is it a little bit more exploratory and sort of an open zone where you're not really focused on that side of things i'm just curious what the emotional difference is or the or the thematic difference you know what i mean and it's the latter it's definitely exploratory um i mean we it's 100 percent um like deep listening like we, yeah. we absolutely, like if we're, you know, we've had a few concerts that have just like crashed and burned because we couldn't hear each other, you know? So yeah, like, sure. I mean, if we can't hear each other, then it's not going to happen because it's, it's that, it's that kind of band. Like, you know, we, we, going back and listening to the tapes, it sounds so fully formed. It sounds like, you know, like sometimes we'll all like, you know, do the same chord change at the same time on a you know on a you know on a dime and like just be 
plowing through at a, at a, at a really groovy pace, but like, you know, no, that wasn't planned. Like, you know, and when we, when it, and that's what I mean about yeah improv when it's on, it's on, it's just like, there's nothing better. You know, it's like sure. so completely, uh, satisfying. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, there, there'll be, there'll be little cues, you know, there might be like, well, it, it'll actually, the cues or whatever would, would always be in, in like, in retrospect, like, okay, we have this, we will do this jam and it sounds really good. And then we'll listen to the tape and like Sheila, our, our drummer would be like, well, if I actually play that, that beat, then we can just jump in and try to recreate it. So, sure. so then it'll be, so then that becomes a, you know, quote unquote song. So then right. it's like, um, and then, and obviously if that's on the record, the record label wants us to play that over and over again. <laughs> so, you know, sure. so, then we'll, so then we'll play it, but it's so, so it'll have like, it'll start with like the same beat or, or the same baseline that Brian does or something will be the very first thing that will, that will be like, okay, that's, that's the start of this song that we have named X or whatever. Um, right. But then like, you know, no matter what, you know, 60 seconds into it, it becomes something else. Like it's, it's just going to be its whole new, you know, beast. Like it's just, so the songs such as they are, are, are more just like launching points, you know, because every time we're just going to go into some other zone and, and then it's just on it's, (laughs) and then then it begins. Yeah. So you, you know, so with this new record, though, you're recording in a way that's just so different than that, where you've got people who are dropping parts in remotely. I mean, due to the necessity, right? Because yeah. the pandemic, you can't yeah. have everybody in a room. Oh, it's absolutely. It's, yeah, it's 100 percent different. It's, yeah. it's like, like I, I, I wrote out. And emailed them to everybody and, and, and sent sent them like, um you know, I like, I rec- like, I did really rudimentary solo acoustic versions of the songs on a cassette and sent them to him. And, and, and I'm like, yeah. here it is, learn it. We're going to go to the studio in a few weeks. You know, I mean, it's like, it's a night and day. It's a, it's different. It's, you know, it's a different uh, band completely. Um, and, um, and also like the Elkhorn guys, um, Drew and Jesse. Yeah are incredibly uh seasoned players scott also obviously um but those guys like they you know i can give them just chord structures or whatever and then like like drew for example can just like transpose that into whatever you know mode that he wants to he's like oh i think a like a um, you know, a, a Lydian solo would be good here, and I'm like, okay, I go, you do you. <laughs> so so like, they, they they're they're making it just sound so great. Yeah, but, yeah. But also like, so like we know the songs because we, you know, like I said, we I I um I sent out all the info and they and they worked up a part or whatever. But as far as um, I don't want to practice them that much. So I I think that's I think the the roughness of it is part of the charm for me like you know like when we go into the studio um we went into a studio in philadelphia with jeff ziggler and the most 
I think almost everything except for one track on on the record is just the first take. Yeah, yeah. Because I I, I love the sort of I don't the, the I don't want to say sloppiness of it. I mean, well, some of it's sloppy, but it's just I just like it's just more of a human play, yeah. you know. If you have yeah. rough edges, um, and Jeff would be like, "Are you sure you don't want to take another do another take of that?" I'm like, "No, it's cool." Yeah, <laughs> that's to me. To me, I, I love that. That's so interesting, and it sounds like maybe the the um, you alluded to it earlier, right? You know. Not every radio show is necessarily going to be exactly what you want, you know, or it's not going to work sometimes. Not every live show in an improvisatory yeah. sense is going to be exactly what you want. It, But at the same time, I think that that leads uh, a creator, an artist like yourself, you know, um, I wonder if the if the jam, the jam element and the openness that that requires uh, kind of informs what you want even a more formed song to continue to have a sense of that mm -hmm. looseness right that looseness yeah. and that and that human quality that you're talking about i think you can only get that with a certain amount of like i don't know how to phrase it other than in this inelegant way of saying like you kind of can't be precious about certain things you have to be willing to let it be that's yeah. That's what we sound like in a room. So many of my favorite records, you know, tonight's the night. I interviewed Nils Lofgren once, you know, oh, cool. and he was just like, yeah, Neil wouldn't even let us learn the songs, and we were like, what the fuck, man, you know, like we're trying to, we're trying to make a record here, and he was just like, no, you know, we're gonna start recording at two a.m. after we're all completely loaded, mm -hmm. and you're not gonna know the songs, so you have to listen, you know. And to yeah. me, yeah, I think that there's such. I do hear a little of that in, in this record, which is to say it's much more put together than a Dire Wolves thing, but it still has that spirit of like, right. of, of this is a moment as much as it is a, a document of something, you know? I That sounds great, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> great, all right, we got it. <laughs> we nailed Granted. it. Uh, well, man, so so uh, something else that I read about you is that uh, that growing up in Baltimore, uh, yeah. your 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 dad was a minister and your mom was was the church organist. Is that right? Yeah, and she was uh, choir director. My dad. Okay. They 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 were the two top people at the church. Yeah. <laughs> how, how did you how did you like going to church as a kid? Did you? I did not. Um, I you know I had to until. I, at a certain age, my parents were like, you know, it's up to you whether you want to go or not. And I was like, great, I'm not. Um, yeah. <laughs> how so, old? How old was that? Was that high school, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, probably like early teens. Yeah. Mm, like sure. Um, sure. But my, you know, my sister still went. I mean, I mean, you know, everybody's on on their own trip, so. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, but I mean, uh. I, I was also, but I mean, maybe that's probably where I got into music. I mean, I was, you know, they had me do like choir and stuff. And my mom was the organist choir director, but um, she was also an elementary school and, and middle school music teacher, like for her day job. And yeah, he was classically trained. And um, they tried to get me to do like, like early on, they tried to get me to do like violin and clarinet that was my dad's instrument um when he was young but um which i still have i still have my dad's clarinet from the 40s um wow i should learn how to play one day 
I played I played clarinet uh, all through middle school, junior high, and high school, and then I graduated high school, and I haven't played a clarinet since. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I uh, I I didn't I didn't take to to any instrument then, and and I didn't uh, learn anything until after college. After college, yeah. Said, but um, but just like you, just what like you said, um. Once somebody gave me, a, I was given a guitar and a four track as a gift when I was like 20, I don't know, three, 24. Um, and I just, I just, I, I just dove in completely. And at that point I never did any visual art ever again. Wow. So it's like, you know, which is what I studied. Yeah. I just I spent all my time four tracking and yeah, I, you know, I was in, um, I, I, I started grad school just so I could still have access to a foundry. And then um, when I couldn't afford the tuition, I actually took a job at a foundry so that, I, so I was doing bronze casts of other people's work just so I could like keep my hand in it. And um, yeah. Yeah. But then once, uh, once I, you know, once I got the DIY four track bug, I, that was it. I was, That's I was all she done, wrote. I was done with visual arts. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. That's a well. That's interesting, though. I, that's interesting that you know that the that the the switch like that occurred. You know, and also it sounds like yeah, twenty three or whatever. That's a little later than a lot of folks start playing music, but it. Sure. I mean, clearly it clearly it stuck because here we are and. Yeah, and I mean, I haven't stopped. Yeah. yeah, it's been twenty five year, thirty years. I'm still. I'm still frittering away, um, but uh, you know, I never had any any instruction on the guitar. Um, it's just all about listening and you know sticking with it. But yeah. I think I think that I've gotten. I mean, okay, I'm gonna pat myself on the back now. I think I've gotten really so much better after all these years of playing. And and my my wife, my partner, um, she would she would be the first to say that she has said that i mean we used to play in a band together and um she was that black forest black sea that you were in together yeah yeah it was just yeah. the two of us um yeah and we we kind of got uh, a little burnt out she she got totally burnt out um mostly because we just toured constantly we played all over europe many times um u.s tours and a lot a lot of shows and and I think that that's where um, that's at the point in my musical trajectory that um, things started going from folky, you know, albeit weird folky, but it started going into more sort of experimental stuff and, um, you know, found sounds. And, and a big part of that was uh, on that first, I think the first or second tour of Europe, we were, um, well, we did a tour in 2004 that was, um, like four months long. We played, we, st Jeez, we started yeah. in January and came back in, uh, April, um, and, um, end of April. We, we played like 16 countries in Europe on that trip. And it's just the two of us and, um, wow. cello and guitar. And there were some shows like where that we would get to a theater like in Italy or, or, or wherever for, and they would say, uh, 
okay, you know, well, we're going to start at eight o'clock and your first set will be in, you know, 90 minutes and then there'll be an intermission and then you can do another 90 minutes and that'll be the show. And, and we're like, you know, cause we're coming from Providence. Like we, 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 we started like in, you know, playing with like lightning bolt and like, <laughs> you know, I think our first show in Providence was, was with uh sunburn hand of the man and comments on fire like you know in a warehouse yeah yeah and so we're like my my experience is is like oh well we'll do a 20 minute set let's yeah <laughs> yeah 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 sure so, sure and and miriam is like classically trained and um really quite excellent musician and and she was like when when we were confronted with this like you know 90 minute multiple set events she was like well let's just um let's just stretch it out and let's do this and let's get very esoteric and and oh boy we did it was like a crash course and i i think i learned a lot and i continued sort of on that trajectory um yeah yeah anyway that's that's it. That's very that's very interesting, and it's it's cool. I mean, I love that she. I mean, because she mixed the new record with you, right? Like the two of you did that together. Yeah, I mean, she she does not. I mean, she's really not interested in playing music these days, um, and hasn't been for for a while. But um, but I mean, I mean, obviously, we listen to music together all the time, and and of course, she's yeah. very, very strong opinions. And, you know, and she'll tell me, you know, she'll be like, that's garbage. Like, you know, she'll just, you know, she doesn't sugarcoat anything. She'll, but she, she loved these songs. And, and she was like, I am, she was like, I'm really, uh, you know, surprised that you, that these songs came out of you because I like, cause I said earlier, I hadn't been doing song based music for, for so yeah. long. And she, she was like, you know, and these are, these are, um, you know, these are really quite good. And, you know, and then, so we, we did all the basic recording with Jeff Ziegler, the basic tracks, but then we had to, we had to do like overdubs and mixing all remotely because, because that's when the pandemic hit hard. Sure. And, and, um, and so when I would get, I like every couple of days I would get, uh, a big dump of files um, from Jeff. And then I would listen to him and Miriam would listen to them with me. And, um, and she, she, it, I didn't, I don't think she, you know, started out to produce this record, um, but it just, she just did. Yeah. <laughs> just because she, cool. would, she would just be like, okay, that part needs to go. You need to do this. You need to elongate that. Like she's, she, she you know, and, and every single suggestion that she had was, was right on. And also it was like, also with like inviting the guest players, you know, she had, she was so helpful. Yeah. You know, Miriam would be like, you know, this, this song needs extra percussion. This song needs a keyboard. And so then I would call up friends and that's how, so like all of the guest spots were like, just, they were just based on like what the song needed. Like, I mean, I can't play, you know, I can't play a good keyboard. I can't play like a, you know, hand percussion that way. So I'm going to call somebody I know who can do it. You know, it was just song by song. Um, And, and so I absolutely wanted to give her a producer credit because she, um, I mean, she helped me make this record happen. And I'm yeah. 
And it's it's re- and it is interesting that um, you know a year ago, two years ago, I would never have thought of making a you know a song right. based folk rock record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and here we are. <laughs> well, one of those bands that has served obviously uh, not just as a bellwether, a sort of like uh, you know paragon for for improvised music but also song-based music is of course the dead and and you know um the dead is a huge part of 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 your story in that well so you were on the dead cast the the jesse jarnow's great um grateful dead podcast last year yeah and and i was really interested to to learn that you got into the dead via George R.R. R. Martin, right? Sort of like that was the, sort of the way that you found your way into that that world? Uh, it, it was sort of a roundabout way. I mean, I, I was into like sci-fi and fantasy books um, when I was a kid because I was a, you know, I was a nerd and I was a music nerd. And a, I went to a couple like science fiction conventions in Baltimore, like um, when I was like 12 and 13. And one of the books that I somehow really stuck with me was the Armageddon rag by George yeah. Armageddon. And it's like a, it's not a great book. It's <laughs> like in <laughs> retrospect, I'm like, you know, but also again, I was a kid. So, you know, uh, it's, it, it's just a story of like a, a band that, that plays these festivals and there's like some supernatural end times elements and anyway. Um, That's it. Sound. I have not read that book, but it sounds cool. It sounds good. It sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so uh, I did that, and um, you know, I, I think I might have read it twice. I don't. It just really stuck with me. Um, and it wasn't until um, well, it wasn't actually until years later I, that that I someone else turned me on to like um, Game of Thrones, like years after it had already started like into the like third book or something when sure. i was playing the iditarod um someone was like oh you know your the, the music of the iditarod reminds me of of uh, a song of ice and fire and i'm like oh what is that <laughs> so, yeah but um but anyway the armageddon rag so i as i was like um in the music circles of friends that I was in, in when I was a teenager in Baltimore, like there was a lot of overlap between like hippie music and punk music. And um, I was really fortunate to grow up in those kind of situations where the circles that I ran in, like there was no shunning uh, different genres. Like it all sort of blended together, which is also what helped me to like get into so much different kinds of stuff. But like, yeah, you know, the heads, that I met when I was a kid in Baltimore were really into the dead and, but they were also really into like, you know, punk rock. And so I was super fortunate. Um, yeah, there was a lot of crossover, but like, uh, through those circles, um, somebody was telling me about this, a California band with maybe John Cipollina was involved from Quicksilver and they were, they were uh, doing a soundtrack to the Armageddon rag. And I was like, I know that book. That's, you know, and yeah. Yeah. And, um, and Robert Hunter was involved in writing lyrics for it. And then um, I never heard it though. 
like it was always like this thing that was like talked about, like, and I'm like, it may or may not exist. But then um, the guy that told me about it started giving me some dead tapes and other various things. I started to get, um, I started to get heavily involved into like the whole, like, you know, San Francisco ballroom scene then. Yeah. Um, and also I was, when I was in college, um, you know, as I, I, my first like deep, deep, deep love was the Pentangle and in college. And, you know, they, um, they did a cover of cold rain and snow. Um, and my friend was like, Oh, you should hear the dead's version of cold rain. Anyway. So it's just like various, various roads intersecting. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I was talking to, to, to Jesse John, um, when he he was like, oh, I have the, I have this tape of uh, you know, Chipolina and Hunter and and some other San Francisco people playing the Armageddon rag music, and I'm like, really? That really exists? Like, I heard about it thirty years ago or whatever, forty years ago, but I thought I, I wasn't sure if it anyway. And then he sent it to me. It's not again. It's also not that great. <laughs> was, was it was, was was it almost a, a bummer for you because it was this thing that maybe sounded cooler in your imagination or yeah that's the way it always works right of course yeah i mean it's always like you know it's the same thing as like you know don't don't meet your musical heroes because they're going to be mean to you or they're going to you know it's the same it's like it's always it's always uh it's always disappointing but but i mean i'm glad that it that actually heard it because i i didn't i mean i wasn't even sure if it was real you know sure well, what? you know, you so I so in in addition to being like so so the science fiction fantasy thing though that was a, that was a big a big part f- for you as well and I, I you were into to Dungeons and Dragons as well right sure yeah that's that's so cool to me I do remember I mean that's where know, the name Dire Wolves comes from is the is the the the, the, monster, the monster manual yeah yeah that's that's amazing. Uh, I think Jag Jaguar, the label, also is a D and D reference. Uh, I recently learned, so that'll be someday. We'll do the hidden the hidden influence of of Dungeons and Dragons on modern indie rock or, or something on the podcast. But I have to imagine that that sort of thing. I've never been a D and D guy myself, like in terms of actually playing it, but I've always liked the idea of being a D and D guy. Um, <laughs> D- <laughs> Do, do you do you, do you feel like it influenced the way you think about you know imagination and sort of that like in a similar way to like improvisatory music, which is to say you've got a few tools at your disposal and then you just sort of start making it up as you go along. I mean, do you think there's any sort of connection? It's possible. I mean, I haven't thought about that. It, if if it is, if there is, it's 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 certainly. Um, uh, you know, uh, in the back of the mind and Instinct, yeah, instinctual yeah. more so than, than thought about. Sure. Sure. Certainly. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I played Dungeons and Dragons like in the like late seventies, early eighties for a little bit when I was like at like this, like, you know, um, nerd camp for smart kids that they sent me to. Um, and, um, but I don't think I played it since. Like, sure, sure, <laughs> I mean, sure, sure. I was, yeah, I think it was. It was a. It's definitely like. Um, I mean, it was super cool, but it's also of its time. You know. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. But, 
I just I also you know it's funny because you mentioned the we've talked about the 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 role that your pl- your parents played in the church their various responsibilities. I definitely remember Dungeons and Dragons when I was growing up hearing you know in religious circles a lot of like fear and like uh, uh, you know forbidden. This is like a, a this is a truly spooky thing, but to me that always just made it sound a little bit cooler. Even you know what I mean? Like yeah, I, my parents didn't care at all. My, they didn't care. My That's dad, awesome. My dad bought me the books. I mean, he was super mellow guy and, and uh, I mean, he was definitely, uh, I mean, he, he, I mean, he wasn't a hippie by any means, but I think he was like a similar mindset to, you know, to a lot of, yeah. Yeah. He was very, very liberal, very, very open-minded and all about equality. And um, he actually got, he lost his job. The church actually got rid of him because he was trying to, um, you know, desegregate the, the, um, wow. And things like that. Um, anyway, I mean, he, he didn't, I think he thought it was, I mean, I think he thought it was cool that I was like, you know, really into this thing and, and, you know, showing creativity and, yeah, yeah. um, I think my, my mom might have been, I mean, she was stricter than him and probably always, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's but, awesome, though. That's such that's such a cool thing to, to think about that. I mean, because so often you hear just, I mean, nothing but like religion horror stories. But I mean, just the same as anything else, like, you know, the the, the myths and the and the stories that we tell ourselves are are important. And, and you know, lots right. of people can can interact with it in ways that are. I mean, I, I wonder, so did your parents ever, ever get into any of the music that you've made? I mean, are they big Jackie O motherfucker fans or not so much? I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> now my dad passed away a, a while back, so I, I don't think he even heard that. Um, probably the last thing he heard was Black Forest, Black Sea. Um, my mom, um, surprisingly, really loves the heavy litters. Um, That's awesome. I, I can see that. She has liked too much um, of what she's heard over the years but um you know it's yeah it's cool she's also <laughs> she's also mellowing out and <laughs> that's as awesome the, as the years go by um but that's yeah so it's uh yeah it's been cool so you know um you 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 alluded to it that you played indie rock uh and i wonder were you talking a little bit about science kit is that sort of was that sort of the indie band you were referring to um before it well i I was in science kit yeah um before that i for i briefly for for like two months uh um played second guitar in a in a group called big heifer they Mm. were um originally from chattanooga tennessee and they moved up to baltimore and i played with them for a little while and um I think they 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 had a song on the uh, the Matador Half Cocked soundtrack and and they I think they're in that movie like but that was when they were still in Chattanooga. Got it. Um, and they moved up to Baltimore a few months later and we met and I started playing with them briefly. Um, but then we did a um, we it did the second guitar didn't work out. But then Science Kit started around the same time and but we were we played a lot together. we actually did a whole science kit, big heifer U S tour together. 
Um, and you and you're in both bands in that at that well, time. No, I was just I was. It was after I left Big Heifer. I was just got in, it, got it. Just in Science Kid, but it was like like Big Heifer was like very very pop, um, you know, guitar, bass, drums, um, catchy songs. Cool. And Science Kit was more angular. There was some like um, kind of fall influences, maybe. Um, and I was playing, um, I was playing uh, synthesizer parts, um, but mostly mostly playing uh, like sort of melodic guitar lines um, in that band. But we we well the science kid big heifer tour um i mean we we science kid played all over like we we and we you know we played shows with like paul vo and archers of loaf and it, you know it seemed like maybe some something was going to happen but you know never did because nothing ever happens <laughs> 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 nothing ever happens with any band that i'm in but you know see, at the time it, it was you know it was a thing i mean we 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 uh i we sent a demo tape to the Tomate Terrascope, and they invited us to play the first ever Terrastock Festival. Yeah, that's cool. Like, which is like, that kind of shit never happens anymore. Like, you know, being invited to play a big festival with like, you know, Neutral Milk Hotel and Flying Saucer Attack and, you know, Magic Hour, and you're an unknown band. Like, I, it's, I think like in the 90s, like, it just, I don't know, more things were possible. Like, you could just... You could just have sure. a demo tape and like people would be like, cool, like, let's, let's give you a shot. You know, like, I don't know. Maybe it was just like, I don't know, DIY. I, I don't know. And also I'm probably looking at this with rose colored glasses, who knows, but um, it just doesn't That's... seem that like that anything like that could ever possibly happen today, you know? Yeah. Uh, just kind of a combination of maybe the, the fractured state of, of pop culture now in general. Yeah. And when I say fractured, maybe that's the wrong term. I think you know what I mean. There's like, there's a million different things happening now. And that's, that's interesting and cool. And there's a lot of freedom in that, but yeah, but there's not sort of like a main conduit that a lot of it can sort of feed into and exist in a more, whatever, uh, a larger scale. But, but looking through your Bandcamp page, I mean, Jesus, it's so cool to see that this like, 30 years of music is, 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 is all there. Like, have you always been a pretty good sort of archivist of your own, of your own stuff and sort of been able to like maintain that, that record library situation with your own stuff a little? I try. I mean, I'm, I mean, there's stuff missing. Yeah. (laughs) It kind of bums me out because I mean, you know, I'll, I'll never hear it again. So, or like CDRs that, just won't play anymore. I mean, you know, disintegrate or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We've all been there, but, um, (laughs) yeah, I try, I try, you know, and it's been like all of these different projects and these different bands over the years and, and collaborating with, you know, people in Finland and, you know, other, other spots. And, um, and it's different kinds of things. Like some of it's, you know, jazzy and some of it's, folky and and so forth but i think that it's it's still me though it's still like my weird sort of sensibility of you know sound yeah yeah there's a thread Uh, i'm not sure what it is but there's a thread (laughs) well i think i mean yeah that's and that's that's awesome and i think that like it's so interesting as somebody who you know you've you've recorded all this music the fact that you can go back and sort of like 
hear yourself at all these different points and and hear the hear the growth i mean that's like one of the cool wonders of recorded music in general you know um but i but i wonder in terms of that sensibility one of my favorite things about your projects and this stretches across all of them uh, are the great titles that so often will sort of <laughs> reference like i mean there's like little nods to to can and obviously the dead and pharaoh mm-hmm. saunders and all sorts of stuff do you usually come up with with the titles is that is that a you thing yeah yep yeah. <clears throat> other, <laughs> other players often find that annoying you know i mean i'm a dad well i mean i only recently became a dad but i'm still a dad and i guess i was always a you know always a dad when it comes to puns yeah, just, you know. <laughs> but I think it's all, I mean, it's fun, but it's also like, you know, I have so many influences across so many different spectrums, so, so many genres. I, I like to, you know, uh, do, do a reference or, or, or just do a cover, you know, throw a knot. Yeah. I mean the, the dead cover that's on this heavy litters record is, is really, really great. Um, And, and I mean, that's, it's so funny that on the 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 dead podcast, uh, Jarnow mentioned that you know direwolves, despite having you know dead references sprinkled liberally throughout, you know, uh, is not a dead cover band. And then like the next one of the next records actually has a dead cover on it, which is pretty 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 cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I yeah, I would have I you know I've I always loved the dead since I was first turned on to it like in high school and went to a ton of shows in the eighties and, um, you know, dropped out of school for a while to do that. Like yeah. for years, for like years five, I was five years, right? Like a five yeah. year stretch. Yeah. And, um, well, but they didn't tour all the time. So well, like sure, sure, in sure, between sure. tours, I would go back to school, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, priorities. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I still graduated in four years some somehow. Um, hey, that's amazing. Uh, but um, the uh, the like Direwolves, the band would they would never ever even consider playing. I mean, Brian and Sheila can't stand the dead. They hate yeah. it. They hate <laughs> it. And Arjun, a violin player, he he loves he loves to listen to some dead. But I he's also like you know really nothing past you know seventy two or whatever. Um, and I get that. I think that there's like, you know, there's different zones for all sorts of different reasons. But um, yeah, I just was, you know, thought it would be fun to do. And like, I'm like, oh, I got this new band now. And we I wrote all these songs, but I don't quite have enough songs for the record. I don't know. I need another song or two. I could just do some covers, I guess. And <laughs> and I gave, I gave um, uh, Jesse and and drew the chords like the night before i'm like yeah. here you know not quite yeah. a Niels lofgren situation but close sure um, sure uh and then you know i sang it and i you know i don't have a great voice but it's you know i like to say that it's charming um i like your voice a lot yeah for sure th- thanks man <laughs> but i was like but that song in particular i'm like it really needs it needs like a professional, like solid singing voice. And, but also I want something like haunting. So I'm like, well, I'm going to have to call Marissa because like, who else? I mean, she's a, she's a, 
she's a consummate pro and yeah yeah who's spookier than her so yeah. like <laughs> yeah, i just I thought that was like she and she uh she did a couple different takes and you know she's like use what you want and i love the way that she chose to come in and out like i left it up totally up to her um yeah she really she really nailed it and it 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 i thought that our our basic capture our basic tracks was were pretty strong but like i think just adding that really just took it to a new a new zone and yeah i'm really happy with how it turned out well that's awesome dude it's been it's been really great having you on before before we uh before we wrap up here are you are you working on a couple projects right now is there anything you feel comfortable talking about at this point or are you just uh laying low what's what's the status of things right now yeah um well i have i never lay low i'm always (laughs) just like constantly got juggling projects i just I, i don't know i can't stop um you know, I mean, I'm doing the radio show. Well, I, I actually, I, okay. I did slow down the radio show to twice a month instead of weekly. So, okay. Yeah. Giving myself a little break, but, <laughs> um, but, to, but to answer your question, I have, um, uh, Ashley Paul. I don't know if you know her. She's a, um, musician who lives in London. Um, she's American, but she's been in the UK for a long time. Um, we, we started a duo project during the pandemic and we have a seven inch, uh, coming out pretty soon on astral spirits um cool it's just uh it's just ashley paul and jeffrey alexander it's just our names um um so there's that is is on the way um uh i i i did a a recording of solo sort of experimental moody avant-garde stuff to um um for for a group out of new york called psychedelic sangha and it's, so it's a yeah it's a, it's a meditation that i did for them which is also on its way that's probably awesome this month and um yeah uh, there's a new dire wolves coming out uh, um and we're hope, hoping to get we're supposed to get together in november to play milwaukee psych fest and, you know so we'll see um delta is not shining yeah. happily on us but that that's that I mean that would be a, a rarity because i haven't played with them in a long time and um uh, and sheila our drummer lives in amsterdam now um brian lives in oakland you know it's we're different coasts and countries so it's you know we're trying to keep it together but the pandemic has not been kind no no, it absolutely hasn't, and it's been it's been rough. But I am really glad that that you have been able to keep making so much cool stuff, and I've really enjoyed spending time with your discography, and I've really enjoyed speaking with you. So thank you so much for taking the the time to do it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Jeffrey Alexander here on Transmissions. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Jason Woodbury. I write, host, and produce the program. Our audio is edited by the stalwart Andrew Horton. 
do yourself a favor, head over to Aquarium Drunkard right now and check out his interview with Gordon Gano of the Violent Femmes. Absolutely fascinating talk. Can't recommend it enough. Our art is by Sarah Goldstein, the great Sarah Goldstein. I want to give a special shout out to her. She has been such a huge part of Health and Transmissions look as good as it has this last year. Sarah, you are the best. Thanks so much. Our video version of the show is produced and uh, created by Jonathan Mark Walls. Shout out to JMW. Head over to YouTube to check out a bunch of episodes on of, of transmissions. If, if that's a, a medium that you like, we're over there thanks to his, his tireless efforts. Big thanks, Jonathan. Our executive producer, of course, is Justin Gage, Aquarium Drunkard founder. He's also our top of the show announcer. And uh, I'm going to have to do a check-in with Justin and I before we wrap this season up. Um, expect that. Expect that in, in the next couple, uh, couple of episodes. It's been a minute since we've done a check-in on the podcast, and it's, uh, it's overdue. Next week on the show, Scott Hirsch. He is a, a great producer. You perhaps know him from his work with people like William Tyler or his work with His Golden Messenger. We had a really great time talking about his new album. So uh, stand by for that. Stay safe in the meantime. Head over to Aquarium Drunker to check out all sorts of stuff. We got mixtapes, features, uh, just so much going on. Always a lot happening on Aquarium Drunkard, including Radio Free Aquarium Drunkard every third Sunday of the month on Dub Lab. I host a radio show there, Range and Basin. And of course, you've got Justin Gage's weekly serious XMU show. 7 p.m. California time every Wednesday night. Same same day the podcast drops, you can catch his long-running radio program on Sirius XM, The Aquarium Drunkard Show. It's the best. I always love listening in, and I know you do too, so uh, check that out. And, uh, geez, I don't know. If you, if you want to get in touch, uh, our contact info is available over on Aquarium Drunkard. I'm on most of the social media sites, so you can probably find me over there. Send me a message. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Let me know what you want to hear less of. Um, I'm open to your feedback. All right. Uh, I'm going to get out of here. Thanks so much for, for tuning in. This is Aquarium Drunkard Transmissions. We're honored to have you listening in. Yeah.